0: up close and virtual with me Katie Chu. In each episode I'll be joined by a guest where we'll be chatting about our experience of starting and running a business, the lessons that we've learned along the way, we'll be sharing our top tips and of course best practice. Expect to be entertained, enlightened and empowered. Happy listening! I am delighted to be welcoming a multi-award-winning VA with over 30 years in administration, HR and office management to the show. Amy Russell is the founder of Crescent VA, where she manages a team of 15 expert VAs based throughout the UK. Amy's passions are finding efficiencies within businesses and providing flexibility for her clients and team. She is a Fellow of the Institute of Administrative Management and an accredited VA with the Society of Virtual Assistants. She's won multiple awards, both individually and behalf of her team with the most recent being Outstanding VA of the Year at the UK VA Awards. Amy, I'm really humbled and feel as if I'm slightly (laughs) in the presence of greatness here. And more importantly, I'm really looking forward to learning more about your journey and how you've got to where
1: you are now. Welcome. Thank you, Katie. It's a pleasure to be here. And please, please don't be humbled. God, I'm... <laughs> I'm absolutely honoured to have won all those awards, to be honest.
0: I mean, I mean, I'm always feel so awe-inspired by all of you who put yourselves out there for all of the awards. I'm such a... I don't really know, but I just haven't ever been brave enough to to actually put myself out there for it. So... And I know how much hard work goes into submitting the applications and going through the process. So that in itself is a job. But I mean, it's awe inspiring. Um, But give the listeners a little flavour of how you got to where you are now, Amy.
1: Yeah, so I guess um, I mean, I, I started out wanting to be an interior designer, I um, when I back when I was 18 yes and um that dream was um very swiftly curtailed when I failed my design a level miserably um and lost my place at design college <laughs> so cue very quick pivot to a new career um and it was my granddad who signed me up for a uh a YTS scheme, a youth training scheme. <gasps> and uh sort of took me on my first day. I had no idea where we were going. I thought I was going for a nice day out with my granddad. And he took me to this college and said, There you go, love, I've signed you up for a course. I'll put you up at five. Um and yeah, <laughs> and drove off. Like a batch <laughs> of so, fire. Brilliant. Absolutely. Yeah. Um and yeah, and that's that's where it all started. And I just you know, you just find something that you are good at and that you love, and you want to learn more about. Yeah, that's how I felt doing that that NVQ in in business administration. Um, to the point that I then self funded to do another two levels. Wow. And all my own um, RSA. I've got all the RSAs that you can shake a stick at. Um, I don't even know if they're a thing anymore, but I've still got my little slips with my distinction and, and merit on them somewhere. I
0: did Pittman, but yes, I i mean, I don't know. I, I think Pittman still exists, and I'm not sure yeah. will have RSA. We'll have to find out.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'll have to have a look. <laughs> and it, it just went from there. So, yeah, all my roles have been, um, you know, early days, all sort of office work, um, mm-hmm. working up to office manager. Um, and then, of course, you get asked, oh, can you just do this? Can you do that? And so it morphed into a, a HR role. Um, and then I was actually offered an HR role in another company. So I moved into that company and that began my career in HR. And I spent 15 years um, specialising in HR and became an HR manager and got all my HR qualifications yes. um, there and then um, had my daughter. And funnily enough, HR positions are notoriously hard to find at part time levels. Um, it's either full time or or nothing. And so I, I stepped back because I'd had my daughter. I I didn't want her to be in the nursery full yeah. time. You know, that was my decision. um And so I went back into administration. And then, yeah, five years ago, I was fed up with the commute and um, had a chat with my boss. And she said, yeah, I can tell you're not happy. So I left at half past ten on a Thursday and by six o'clock on the Sunday afternoon. Crescent was born, registered with um company's house. Bob's your uncle, and off we went. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's impressive.
0: That's...
1: <laughs> <laughs> impressive or reckless? I don't know which.
0: <laughs> oh, gosh, no, definitely not reckless. Did you know much about the VA industry kind of before you got to the point of resigning and then
1: having a couple of
0: days to say, oh, I'm starting a business here?
1: very little yeah um sort of looking back now if i'd have known about all the amazing resources that are out there for new vAs if i'd have known about those 5 years ago i think my journey would have been a lot easier um i knew of one person who'd set up as a VA and um i knew a couple of people who were VAs but it mainly came from I used to work for a women's networking group and then I moved to another job in between that and setting up Crescent. And when I was working for the networking group, a lot of the people there were really impressed with my organisation and my admin skills. And they kept saying to me, oh, will you help me out with my business? Will you help me out with my business? And I couldn't because it was a conflict of interest with the company that I was working for. And so I just put some feelers out kind of on the Friday and, uh, and a couple of them said, yes we'd love you to now work with us if, if that's the direction you're going so I was quite lucky in that respect and I guess the net, yes, have got a the net of clients existed yes. yeah, yeah, yeah 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 um but I, I remember I was I vastly underpriced myself because <laughs> I was still working on a employment hourly rate figure rather than a self-employed Figure Um and looking back, I was thinking, I was, yeah, I think, God, how on earth did I think I was going to make a living and cover my bills? But I I it, that I, was always my biggest mistake.
0: Um <clears throat> I did a yeah. very similar thing in the early days and I was just like, well how am I not earning what I should be earning? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have to I genuinely I know I said in the intro how sort of awe inspiring it is to be in the company of award winners, but genuinely i mean massive congratulations because outstanding BA of the year is no mean feat many, many sort of awards under your belt it's a huge achievement can you share what the impact is of being an award winner what 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 actually does that mean to you
1: personally
0: But also the business, because it must have an impact.
1: Yeah, definitely on the business. I mean, we have certainly one client who have said, I've chosen you over another VA because of the awards. Um, You know, I guess it gives you some kind of credibility, um, you know, because you're not going to win an award if you're not good at what you do kind of thing. But for me personally, I I've kind of likened it to um appraisals. So you know, like when you're employed and you go and have your appraisal, so you're filling in this form and it's saying, you know, what have you achieved and what have you done and how have you done this? It's a bit like filling in an appraisal, but for your own business. And so, getting that sort of recognition, I mean, I say I'm I'm always shocked whenever my name gets called out. There was one um, a couple of years ago, and I was actually scrolling through my phone sort of ready to give my well done to the winner phase and my husband went it's you you're the winner and I was like oh what you know oh, and uh yeah I kind of had to I, they were sort of waiting for me to go up on stage because I genuinely did not think that I would have a chance looking at the the list of people I was up against um and I guess when you have your own business you don't have that appraisal system that you do with an employer so you don't get somebody saying to you actually you're doing a good job or you know you're doing really well at this or you know look at what you've achieved over the last year and I think that's what applying for an award helps you remember what you have actually achieved in that last year
0: yeah I think that's very true I think it is it's that sort of Mm self-validation from your peers yeah that you are literally sitting at the top of all of us you know and and that has to be do you find it really motivation motivational
1: yeah absolutely I mean there's a lot to live up to now you know outstanding is a pretty top top word so I can't kind of rest on my laurels and go that's it done (laughs) on the desk i'm done now Yeah, up, you know just polish the trophy every now and then you can't do that because you've, you've got to live up to that that title that you've been awarded and just um, remind
0: me the ukva awards is that is that peer judged or yes yeah it is yeah it's a man for johnson isn't it who does yes does yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I mean it really is by far the biggest and most prestigious um for in our industry i'd say um, yes without a shadow of a doubt well i mean congratulations and 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 was there a lot of work that went into putting the submissions in do you find it hard there's quite a lot of work to do
1: yeah so i mean some bits i'm saying easy they're not easy but you know the, the bios and what do you do that kind of thing you've you've hopefully already got most of that because it will be on your website or it'll be on your social media profile. So Mm it's just a case of kind of maybe rewording it occasionally to suit the particular award that you're applying for or or entering. Mm -hmm. Um, And then um, a lady I used to network with years ago told me to keep a brag book. And this oh, is where you, you keep every bit of sort of positive feedback or testimonial or anything that you can look back and go, yeah, I am doing OK. I'm doing well. And, you know, um, and so I have a, a, a brag book. It's an awful title, but I'm sure somebody can come up with a better one. But that helps as well, because you just go back through and go, oh, yeah, I did that. And yes, I did that. And you know a lot of the awards are nowadays are asking about your kind of social responsibility so what are you what are you doing to you know to help the future people the the youth and the planet and things like that so it's looking at how you are achieving those within your business so and contributing instance, to the, the Contributing, industry, yeah. yeah yeah I mean we plant a tree for every new client that joins us so yeah, you know I was I able love to that in. and yeah it's just a little something that we we started doing um and that one of our we had two clients had a baby two separate clients not with each other but <laughs> We had, yeah we had two clients and two new babies so you know we planted a tree for each of their babies oh and that's lovely things like that yeah. so yeah. it's good to be able to put things like that in which quite often people don't always think that that's no. award-worthy content
0: no exactly they just go straight down the route for the whatever it is squeaky giraffe or yeah. whatever it is exactly Just reflecting sort of on you starting your business five years ago and sort of where you've got to now, you're also working with a team of really experienced and highly professional virtual assistants. What advice do you have for anyone looking to start a career as a virtual assistant um, or for those who are already in the field and want to elevate?
1: Yeah, so I definitely think I wish I'd known about groups like the UK, um, like Amanda's courses and the Society of Virtual Assistants right from day one. I did find the SVA very early on um, in my journey, which was great. Um, And I know Gwen's doing some amazing work on on the SVA now. and I, I mean, I get asked a lot, you know, can you, can I have a chat with you? Can you help me set up as an UVA? And I always direct people either to the SVA or Amanda's yeah. courses. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other trainers out there. I appreciate that. And, you know, quite often budget plays a part. Yes, of course. Personality plays a part. Yeah. So, you know, but research your trainers. Mm-hmm. I must admit, I did do a course and it wasn't that good and it cost a lot of money. And if I had my time again, I wouldn't have done that course mm-hmm. um I know the s b a has an approved list of trainers that yes. you can go on and they've met certain mm-hmm. criteria, so you know have a look at those. join the Facebook groups um that are out there, and even with Facebook groups, you know there are different ones So find the one that fits you no. um Definitely. you know some are some are better <laughs> than others as with everything um so yeah, yeah horrendous <laughs> um I would also say it's that classic
0: you know you've got to kiss a lot of frogs to find your prince yeah and and that really is if you're looking for advice particularly on that sort of coaching mentoring training platform talk yeah. to everyone don't you yeah. know talk to as many as you possibly can sort of afford the time to do so until yeah. such time as you make that connection when you make a connection it makes all the difference because you're yeah. working with somebody who gets you and you get them and as a result of that what you get out of it will be much much better and more yeah. your thing um now I, I kind of apply the same principles for when i'm talking to you know my coaching and mentoring clients about networking groups you know don't just fall into the first blinking one and say oh this is it you know (laughs) try them all out because believe you me they're all desperate for you to join so oh yes and try them all Um, and I've done that yeah Yeah. work I think that really does make a massive. so if you're starting if you're starting out um do you always suggest that they kind of do that hand in hand with somebody else as a coach or mentor or do you kind of just say you just need to get going
1: I think it it depends on the individual um I I did try a coach and it wasn't for me but that's I felt I don't know if it was because they were the wrong coach for me but I'm I'm a very you know spade is a spade kind of person I don't like wishy-washy and you know, I, the, the coach that I ended up with was very much a, so how do you see this working out? And it just wound me up more than anything. I mean, I'm paying um, you the money for this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and it's like you said, you know, you've got to find the right option that works for you. Um, and for me, it wasn't going down the coach route. Um, I, I quite liked the idea of, you know, kind of trial and, and error. Seeing what worked, seeing what didn't work, because um, I do believe that you learn more by making mistakes than you do by getting it right every time.
0: Exactly.
1: And um, I've made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> I'm not going to deny that. Yeah, it's five years. There's a lot of mistakes in that time, but I feel that I've, every time something has gone wrong, I've been able to pull something positive from it, whether that's been a learning or a moving on or whatever. Yeah. Um, And so I I don't believe in one size fits all. Agreed. Yeah, What's worked for me won't work for somebody else, won't work for somebody else. You've you've really got to decide, do you need somebody who's going to be there with you, supporting you, nudging you and, and that kind of thing? Or are you the kind of person who just says, right, this is what I want to achieve and I'm just going to go for it?
0: I, I, I couldn't it agree. Way. I think, yes, it, it, it's finding the, the the right solution for you. Yeah. Not trying to sort of squeeze yourself into that peg.
1: Yeah.
0: You've now built a team of 15 VAs. But what was the moment or the, the sort of kind of time when you suddenly thought, mm, actually, it's all very well and good me sitting here doing all of this work? Um, But I want to start building out and investing and having a team.
1: Yeah, so I never set out to have a team. Okay. Um, When I started Crescent, I basically I wanted to be able to earn enough money to buy my own shoes because my husband has a thing about shoes. He yep. thinks we uh, have too many. Something. Yeah, I'm. Uh, that's a motivator enough for me. <laughs> and I, I said, I don't ever want to have to come to you and say, please can I have some money so I can go and buy some new shoes. <laughs> and um, so I, as long as I didn't have enough money to pay for my own shoes and, and whatever else, I was quite happy. And the, the change came for me when a client asked me to do something and I thought there is not a cat in house chance I want to do that piece yeah. of work. Yeah. And that's when I thought, I don't need to. I can get somebody else to do that piece of work. Brilliant. And it just it just went from there, really. Um and it was it was quite early on. So I started Crescent in the July, and this was the, the following January, somebody asked me to do um quite yeah, a big piece of this research. literally
0: does not hang around.
1: <laughs> I, I'm no. servicing a decision's
0: made and we're going off with it. Yeah, that's yeah. That is quick and and (laughs) when you got that piece of work was it I don't want to do that because I don't have the skills for it or was it uh I don't want to do that because I've got so much on that if I do it I'm going to make a mess of it because I'm going to be trying to rush it.
1: Being honest I just don't didn't like the work. Fair enough. I thought you know what I've set up my own business to do what I like doing I'm don't have to do things that I don't like doing and it was research that's what it was it was research
0: that that is heavy yeah yeah
1: trawling the internet reading through stuff to find what you need it was just not something that floated my boat and I just put a shout out um and I was honest with the client it was a client I already had on board and I said this is not something I I like to do yeah. Um, and I know if I don't like doing the job, I'm not going to do a good job for it. So I'm going to find somebody who does like doing this kind of work. And so I put a shout out in one of the Facebook groups um, and we met up at the PA show in London. Yes. And I uh, bought her a coffee and I said, yes, you, you you know, everything's great. When can you start? And off That's we right. went. And it's, it's just grown from there. And it's yeah. it's been a combination as people with the team so it's either been I just no longer have the time to do this so I need to bring somebody else into to pick up that client yeah. um I don't want to do that type of work anymore so I'm going to bring that that somebody in or I don't have that skill set so I'm going to bring somebody in to to meet that gap um and and that's how the team's grown basically managing a team it requires.
0: Really effective leadership, Amy. You know that is not an easy management position to find yourself in. What strategies do do you use to build that kind of collaboration, um, so that you kind of maintain the productivity, but also maintain that relationship? Well, how do you manage all of that?
1: Yeah, and it's it's a tricky one because, for the most part you're not their manager because no. you're not employing them so no. it's not a kind of manager employee relationship that you've got to have it is very much a peer to peer relationship so there's got to be a lot of respect there for for each other um in terms of um sort of managing it though i think communication is key yeah, yeah. so being available for them, you know, if they've got any questions, any concerns at all. Um, and we do that via a, a number of different channels. Um, you know, I try and match the best channel to how they best work. Yeah. Um, so whether that's WhatsApp, a, a video call, a phone call, just emails, you know, whatever suits them, because I appreciate that they've all set their businesses up for their reasons Um, you know their working hours might not be the same as my working hours Um, you know they've all got other commitments and things so it's it's making sure that you are there for them when they need you Um, and just having sort of regular check-ins so In the same um, principles that you would apply to the clients yes, you work in. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I have a few associates where I'm in daily contact with mm-hmm. um just because of the amount of work that they're doing or we are working on the same client so we're constantly WhatsApping, calling, etc. So it's and a then I have pieces. Yeah, well. absolutely. Yeah. And then I've got others um where I'll hear from them just when I kind of reach out and say just checking you're all okay and they're like yeah absolutely fine we're just cracking on and I know that the relationship they have with that client that they're looking after is a really strong relationship and they don't need me to be involved
0: I was going to ask you about that because how do you split that responsibility do you enable um the VAs that are part of the team to own their relationship with their client or do you manage some of the client relationships and feed productivity sort of through you how do you do that
1: so it's a a little bit of a mix of both mainly um the 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 associate or the the team member because I've got some employees now as well they will manage that client relationship because I just think if you have me kind of jumping in every now and then saying oh how have you done this have you done that a bit it's undermining. And it, yeah. it is very undermining yeah. you know at the end of the day these are extremely experienced individuals who have you know they've got their own businesses and and I they're all on a level with me I don't see them as any different to me um if anything I'm extremely grateful that they've joined my team and they're <laughs> helping course, me with course. my clients <laughs>
0: For those who are looking to start their own teams, because it's something that I've definitely toyed with over the years, I've I've stuck with just being little old me doing my little thing, Um, partly because I'm not very good at sort of communicating outside of my own head if you see what I mean I I, when I'm working with a client I I visualize exactly what needs to be done and I know exactly how I'm going to kind of go about doing it but sort of yeah I I just know that I'm not very good at sort of that off off boarding from me into them and and so I stood away from it but what what advice would you give for somebody who is looking at that and sort of looking at, you know, assessing their workload and determining when's the right time. I mean, I know you said it was a piece of work that you just didn't want to do, but, you know, sometimes there are different reasons for looking for, for uh, you know, increasing the headcount.
1: Yeah, so I think the the biggest one is when the work is taking over your own life, and you become your client. In fact, you become your own worst client. So if you are still sat at your desk at every hour that you don't need to be with your family or your friends, or even when you should be with your family or friends, you know, if you're still sat there at nine o'clock at night trying to catch up with everything that's come in from the day, that's a really good, you've probably gone past needing some support because you probably, like clients, you've got too busy. So you then don't have the time to then show somebody else how to do it. So I always say to somebody you know if a piece of work comes in and you think "Mm, not too sure on that Mm. could an associate support you with that piece of work? It might only be one or two hours a month but that's a really gentle way of bringing on board somebody into your team. If you get to the point where you're you're at your desk for 12 hours and your family is screaming at you because you're never with them you've probably left it too late to then bring somebody in
0: yeah I think you're absolutely right I think that's really important and I think it's that thing isn't it if only you know your capabilities and your limitations um at the point that you feel like your limitations are being so stretched yeah you've really got to consider it or you've got to consider sort of you know your client base and you small or do you move on to the next stage I think that's a really really good point Building and maintaining client relationships, obviously, is massively important to sustain your business. What sort of strategies do you use to understand your clients' needs and expectations? And how do you ensure that is consistently communicated um, in terms of customer satisfaction?
1: Yeah, so we have um, really good onboarding meetings with all of our clients. Um, we don't take on any work where, you know, somebody does a, a buy here button on the website. It's all through a conversation um, and we're very open and honest with our clients. So we've just had a lady who wants to support, wants some support with her social media and some website. And when she was talking about the website, I was thinking mm, you're straying into web development territory here. And so I had to say, I just interrupt you. And I explained that we wouldn't be able to support with that. Um, but I could obviously put her in touch with somebody that could. And she was like, Oh no, that's great. I wasn't quite sure. So I thought I'd just chuck everything at you and and see what stuck kind of thing. Yeah, that's so common. That is so common. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They could they turn up with a to-do list, it's as long as a toilet roll, you know, and you're like, right, yeah, let's just let's start with one part and and, yeah. and so mm-hmm. I think it's it's having that confidence to be able to say to your clients let's break this down into chunks so that you can understand where we can help you the most, but also then you're not feeling like we've let you down if we haven't ticked everything off that to-do list by the end of the week.
0: It's the honesty and integrity piece, isn't it? You know, and actually because we are providing, and I I know it sounds ridiculous to say a personal service, but actually it really is. I mean, you know, most of the sort of clients that we're working with are you know one to two man bands you know th- their website is as personal to them as yeah the you know the home calendar um yeah you know, it is all very personal and that relationship is just absolutely critical
1: and they're handing over control in a lot of aspects i mean let's yeah. say we do a lot of social media so we get access to their linkedin profiles and their facebook pages and you know, people could, if they were that way inclined, do an awful lot of damage to somebody's business. Oh, God, business I've heard
0: stories of people doing by that. that. Yeah, no, no, yeah,
1: I've stories of people that Yeah, um, Yeah, so, people, so we we get a lot of trust house. from our clients, and we're really privileged that we, we're kind of given that, that position of trust. Um, I'd liken it to handing over your baby to a babysitter yeah. for the first time
0: that's the perfect analogy, perfect analogy. It really is. I mean, it it is that personal. It really is. Yeah. How do you think the industry recognition contributes to the overall um,
1: advancement of the the VA industry and community? So I think there's still a long way to go, if I'm being totally honest. Mm. Um, I do still get people calling me up saying, oh, I just need a bit of admin. Um, it'll only take you an hour why am I paying x amount of hours for it Um, and so I think having you know some having validation having things like being an accredited member of the society of virtual assistants and meeting criteria is kind of giving us that that level of of, of, of validity Um, you know we can say to somebody I agree you know, I mean, I've had people say, "Oh, well, I can get it cheaper here," and I've gone back and said, "Well, here's a yeah, that's fine. Here's a checklist of what they should have as a minimum, and if they haven't, just then please, you know, do you do your due it. diligence, yeah. um, you know." So it's nice to have that that credibility and that validity. And I think on what I always to
0: people, you know, actually,
1: that's fine. Go off and pay
0: fifteen quid an hour and wait yeah. to see what the output is, because yeah. I god made little green apples and um as sure as they are little green apples what you get out for a 15 quid an hour is not what yeah. you get with the likes of you and your team at present so yeah you know, that's fine if you only want to pay 15 quid an hour go and get what you're going to yeah. get for 15 quid an hour and i agree i think Gwen is doing an amazing job with the sva at the moment yes. you know she has made all the difference you know that's no criticism caroline at all because caroline no, not all at all she did a great job and yeah on in the background so and i'm forever grateful for her setting the whole thing up in the first yes. but you know gwen really has come at it with a fresh pair of eyes and an energy that has just brought it into the 21st century and i yeah. am massively impressed with what she's doing and it really is so anybody out there who is listening I mean please do go and have a look at the SVA the Society of Virtual Assistance website because not only is it crammed full of some fantastic resources as Amy said you know you've, you've got some really good coaches on there trainers mm-hmm. who are all accredited um, so you know do it's a brilliant source it really is a
1: brilliant source yeah and don't be put off by the accreditation list no And I've seen a few people on on the the forum, the Facebook group who said oh well, I'm never going to get accredited because I haven't got this and it's like you will get there you know you can start working as a virtual assistant there are some very bare minimums that you must have But the other bits will come in time, you know, and you can build on that and 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 work towards it.
0: The other thing is that those bare minimums are things that you would have to have if you were setting up any business. Yes. You know, the insurance stuff, you should not be any business whatsoever without it. And actually, you know, the rules and regulations with regards to the website stuff and domains. Really, best practice for all businesses yeah. are exactly the same. So don't be daunted by it. You know, no, you not know, at all. At least if you've got it, you know you've got the accreditation checklist. You know what you're working towards, and you can do yeah. it bit by bit. You're quite right. I think you know don't be daunted about it. You know, set it as a goal and objective. Yeah, um, absolutely. To get to that point, and what a great objective to have in your business in the first you know six months to twelve months. Yes, it's a really good yes. thing to work towards. Where do you see yourself in the business in five years' time, Amy?
1: Oh, so <laughs> Ideally, I'd like to be uh, somewhere very warm. Yes, where I can drink very nice cocktails and just have it all happen. No <laughs> well, no.
0: Yes. Um, just hang on a minute listeners just just so that you know and I'm not shaming her in any straight shape or form but when we were talking about Christmas she did say that in due course she visualizes herself and her husband on a beach in hot sunshine at Christmas in a few
1: years yeah yeah that is the plan (laughs) for you and quite right too quite right too I just think that, you know, we we all live in in our lives now are virtual, you know, everything can be done virtually. I mean, I went to close a bank account today and I had to sign up for internet banking to be able to close down the bank account. It was just ridiculous. But it just goes to prove that, you know, everything is, is done in the cloud or remotely or virtually. And I always said that I would never do anything kind of overseas because it muddied the waters in terms of some of the regulations that we follow but you know if if I could get to a point where I could bring in a you know a manager or a, a senior member of the team who could oversee something so oversee part of the business for me then you know my husband and that my my dream is to spend six months of the year somewhere hot um lovely you know traveling sightseeing oh, all right, the rest yeah. of it because yeah. we we both got we got married late we had our daughter late in life so you know we haven't really kind of had time together yes something like and that so, um, adventures yeah yeah you know and I just think the world is an absolutely huge place and whilst we've been lucky enough to travel over the last 20 years that we've been together there's still some amazing places to see and I just think you know, have laptop will travel. Yeah absolutely quite right too. I um, interviewed for the
0: podcast a few months back a lovely girl called Indiana Juliana who is doing exactly that and she's pretty much straight out of university and as I mean her business has wow. rocketed absolutely rocketed um, and she was saying you know this is absolutely where I'm going to and she's off She's off. Yes. She's gone. So I've uh, like, had to have a catch up with you from your beach in Mexico or wherever yes. it is. Find out what the reality <laughs> of it is. You you've had an extensive background across a number of different sort of skills based roles. You know the HR yeah. office management. I'm not going to dwell on the thirty years. I'll move quickly. <laughs> on. But. How have you seen the role of the virtual assistant evolve, Amy? Because you'll have seen it change quite a lot. And what do you see for the future of the VA?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's that's an interesting one because I still think of myself as being quite a new VA. You know, it's, it's yeah. only five years, really. But I mean, I... I was talking to somebody at uh, the UKVA conference about how my first job, I had a landline with a, a curly wire. You had to press nine for an outside line. And That's I had dial up. Now, internet. Then. Yes, I, I, there was one in the office that did have a dial, um, but mine did have buttons. I was quite lucky. But I had a typewriter. Yeah with carbon paper yeah. um, and you know, envelopes would be filled and stuffed with F letters and stamps etc sent out and I can remember I was 25 mm-hmm. before I got my first email address and we still had dial-up broadband so if you're on the phone you couldn't do anything on the internet and vice versa and here we are
0: giggling, but yes
1: here we are you know, I, I say this to people and they're like oh like yeah if you're on the phone you couldn't look at anything online and people just so people of a certain age just can't no, imagine can't. this yes. no. but yet here we are now you and i are in totally different parts of the country yeah. Yeah. on a video call yeah. over wi-fi and, and i've still got the electricity on <laughs> Yeah. You know, I mean, my my husband's in the house watching something on Netflix. My daughter's doing something through Google Classroom, probably watching Netflix on her iPad at the same time. And, you know, everything that we now do is possible because of those technological advances that have happened over those last 30 years. And I do think there's a lot of change still to come. I think AI is going to play a massive part. I'm still waiting to see whether that's a positive or a negative part will, you know, I can see some uses, but I can also see it taking some skill sets away. Um, But I think while, while ever you're working with people, you will need people to support them. I don't think we can ever do everything. I mean, like like I said, this bank account today, it took three branch, three members of staff in this bank to get this to this conclusion, where I had to then sign up for internet banking to then close it down again. <laughs>
0: I'm not sure. I, th- I think that probably says more like more about the banking system than it does anything else. Well,
1: yeah, we we won't go there, but I, 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 mean, I think COVID played a massive positive role yeah. in 100%. what we do. Yeah. It certainly opened up a lot of people's eyes to the fact that this remote working can happen and can work well um you know we certainly thrived during covid because people suddenly went oh i get it now this zoom thingy that you were trying to get me to do last september we can do it now can't we like yes you can
0: yeah um The dreaded doom. It's it's really interesting. I I think you're quite right. I think COVID did an awful lot of good for our industry. I think it really did. I think suddenly people were reaching out going, I need people who've got experience of working remotely. And then suddenly here we all are and i think we are beginning finally to you know actually have a very very recognizable industry in its own right um which really has not existed previously and i think interestingly the the ai thing um i think we have to adapt to it and i think we have to adopt i think ultimately i think the role of a va will become more and more about sort of in you know using it but in in an enhanced way so that we yes. that role will become sort of chat gpt manager or you know whatever it is yeah. ai lead or you know there will be roles that will become very much driven entirely through the use of ai um you know that sort of you know process engineering i know now is is very mm. much gearing itself towards all of that sort of stuff so i i actually yeah. I'm quite excited by it. Um, I think you know, it's just about adopting and embracing it and and putting just making sure you stick to the kind of rules about how best yes. to use it. You know, don't yeah. don't be chucking your date of birth and your bank details in it. Otherwise, you might <laughs> find yourself in a bit yep. of a problem. Um, but, you know, the rest of it you're probably all right with. Amy, you have been an absolute delight to have on up close and virtual i genuinely am hugely grateful for the time that you've given up to ramble on chatting with me for half an hour or so (laughs) Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. And I wish you every success with your continued development with Crescent VA. It is only going to get better and better. And I see you on that beach in five years' time. <laughs> your pina colada with your feet I will up. send you a postcard. <laughs> Please do. And more importantly, keep in touch lovely listener thank you we will make sure that all of amy's contact details and socials and all that sort of thing are in the show notes at the end when the the, when the podcast airs so if you do want to reach out or you're you know somebody who is looking for a va please get in touch with amy because she really is you know outstanding as per the award um amy thank you
1: thank you so much it's been a pleasure
0: Thank you so much for listening. Please don't forget to follow me and my guests on our social channels. All the details will be in the show notes. And please get in touch if you have any questions or topics that you might like to have covered in the next episodes, or even if you would like to be a guest yourself.